Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dallas Hoops FanCast, a podcast for Mavs fans. I'm your host, Sydney. I'm here with my co-host, Martin. Hey, guys. So today, we're going through ESPN's Top 100 Players list. So far, they've released um, 100 through 31, and the rest will be released throughout the rest of the week. So probably by next, then by our next episode, we'll have the, the final list. But we're going to go through what we have for now. We'll see how many players the Mavericks have, how their division rivals have fared on the list, and look at other notable rankings. And since we're talking about ranking players, we're also going to debate where Luca and Porzingis stack up as a duo among all of the elite duos in the NBA. So it's be a good episode. But first, the intro. So you can follow the show on Twitter at Dallas Hoops Cast. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Sydney Myers. Wherever you're listening, feel free to leave a rating or a review that helps the show grow like spinach and miracle miracle grow. That's a thing. No, it helps it's plants not. grow. Yeah. Okay. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, but let's get started. This is our last episode before training camp, which is which starts next week. So the season is actually almost here. I'm kind of surprised we made it through doing regular episodes. But anyways, not important. Thank you for listening and for supporting the show during that time. But let's get to um, the ESPN Top 100 list. So first, we'll start with... Actually, first of all, I wanted to start with how they like their methodology for creating the list please explain that to me because I'm, I'm i was looking at it and i'm like how in the world are you ranking these so players i got a little confused too so i was actually hoping that you would understand <laughs> the way that they okay so this is how they explained it on the article who will be the best player this season to get the final prediction we asked our expert p- panel to vote on pairs of players We asked which player will be better in 2019-2020. To decide, voters had to consider both the quality and quantity of each player's contributions to his team's ability to win games in the regular season and the postseason. All of that makes sense, except for we asked our expert panel to vote on pairs of players. I don't know what that means. So it's like, and they gave the example of like Kawhi versus LeBron, I think. And so I'm like, okay, were you given Kawhi versus LeBron? And then they picked one and then they used the total tally of votes to place those two players. And what if it was Kawhi versus Luka? Like, would that have changed the rankings? I'm just going to ignore the pair part and just who they think is going to be better going into next year. Yeah, it's it's very confusing. I don't really understand it. Maybe someone that's smarter than us can explain it. But I think an important thing is um, that it's who's going to, like the rankings for this coming season, it's not necessarily just who are the best players right now, but it's like for this coming season, who's going to be the best player. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that considering that, they still have Durant and Clay Thompson ranked in the top 50 or no, 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 sorry, the bottom 50. They're just on the list, which is surprising since Why Durant's... Even ha- he's yeah. not even going to play. Yeah, Durant's probably not even going to play. Clay Thompson will maybe play. In um, Sports Illustrated's top 100, they didn't have Durant on there because, duh, he's not going to play. Obviously, he's not a top 100 player if he's not playing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're assuming that he's going to play, but anyways. Um, the Mavericks. So, so far, the Mavericks have one player on the list, and that is Kristaps Porzingis. He's at 34. 
Previously, last year, he was at 59, which I think is impressive since he didn't even play last year. Mm -hmm. But I guess they expected him to. But yeah, so he's at 34. And actually, aside from Drew Holiday at 31, the Mavericks have the highest ranked player um, among their division rivals so far, with Porzingis being at 34, which is kind of good because... Well, it just means that... Luca. Well, of course, division rivals. You have the Rockets, yeah. so that's just thus far. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. just thus far. Um, and you know, we don't know where Luca is going to be, but probably Luca will be the only other Maverick player on the list. I would guess. Well, I don't. I I just got to mention one player. Okay, are you just I, totally I scrapping the Mavericks? I, topic? I am because okay. I I am just utterly confused. Is it Zion Williamson? No. Okay, it's not even that. It's Alonzo Ball. Yeah. Why is Alonzo even He's in at the 68. 68? And it's like, you have him ahead of Gary Harris. Um, Let me see who else. J.J. Redick, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Stephen yeah. Adams, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Like, I don't under... Eric Gordon. Like... <laughs> How in the world yeah. did Alonzo Ball... He shouldn't even be on the list. And well, he is ahead of some really good players. And I don't get I it. I don't understand it. One thing that I will say is they're predicting it for the coming season. So I think they're expecting a big season from him being in New Orleans. And I mean... so I, but, okay. but you can't you can't rank him above guys that are proven... Yeah. Like true. we know that Eric Gordon next year is going to be 17, 18 points a game, tops in the three. Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. If anybody's going to have, have a, a good year, year or yeah. Spencer, like you know, these guys are already good. Yeah. Like you're telling me that Lonzo Ball is going to be better than all these players? I, I, yeah. what, what, what in his past? I know, <laughs> I know this is Mavericks, but it's just, I, I saw that and I, I couldn't think about anything else. I mean, okay. So playing off of Drew Holiday might help it'll take some pressure off of him to just do what he doesn't yeah. do anything <laughs> but you know to just be a player whatever he's going to do and then also having zion to pass it to you know as a lob threat like there are some things that i think could benefit lonzo ball the problem is and i think the bottom line of what you're getting to is that he's just not a very good player he hasn't shown anything yeah. To me, that that he's going to make a huge jump next year. Yeah. I mean, he's just so, he he hasn't been very good. Anyways, I, I I'm sorry. I know I know this is <laughs> okay. We're about to talk about Chris Stapps and where he's at. Back but to I, the Mavericks. I just, okay, Mavericks. Let's so go. So first of all, Chris Stapps at 34. How do you feel about that? I have no feelings towards it, just because we haven't seen him for two yeah. years. Nobody really knows where to. I'm rank surprised him. he's that high. Yeah. Given there's a lot of skepticism around. You know, just from, you know, non-Mavs fans about what he can do. And I think it's rightfully so. I mean, he hasn't played in two years. Yeah. He had a torn ACL. I get it. So 34, I was kind of surprised that he was that high. And then, so the other Mav that, like I was saying, probably the only other Mav that will be on the list is Luca. He's not there yet. And we're up to 31. So mm-hmm. if you had to guess where Luca is going to be, where would you put him? Well... I, I honest I thought it was gonna be if we're projected next year, in my opinion, he's gonna be top twenty, at least, at the very least. That's just my yeah prediction based on 
his rookie year and how players that did what he did his rookie year and the progression they made in their second year. Um, so I think he would be top 20. Now, SI had him really, really low, like as a bad ranking. They had him mm. at 30, I think. Mm. Um, so I would say in the top 20. I mean, he could still be 30. Yeah. Because that's the next section. I... It's tough to say. I mean, it's like... I obviously we're pretty high on him, but you never really know what you, there's still the the NBA people who will discount like his athleticism or his defense or say that his shooting kind of tanked at the end of the season. So you never really know like what anyone else is going to say. But just the fact that I know he's going to be in the top 30, I feel good about that. I mean, it's only a second season. I think that's good. Now, yeah. another player, you know, they're always going to be tied at the hip. So Trey Young he has not been listed yet. Yeah. Do you think he'll be in the top 30? Uh, yeah. Well, obviously. <laughs> well, I mean. But maybe... uh, he's going to be on the list. Okay. And if he's not now. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Was yeah. he even, if, if, if Lonzo Ball is on this list, <laughs> then Trey Young True, yeah. is, is, is going to be on the list. Trey Young's a, I hate to admit it, he's a pretty good player. I still think his size is a problem. Yeah. But. Yeah, his, he's definitely going to be out there. It'll probably be around where Luca's going to be. You think, but Luca will be higher. He better be. I he mean, won he won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah. No, he he better be. If not, then, you know, ESPN just lost another, <laughs> you know, the rate that they're falling. We don't watch Sports Center anyway, just because it's a joke. But, yeah. anyways, so yeah, th- those are probably going to be the only two maps. I mean, I can't imagine anybody else making it. Um, so the Mavs will have two players in the top 100. Um, they'll have two players in the top 50. If you look at their division rivals, so that includes Pelicans, uh, Rockets, who else? Grizzlies and Spurs. Um, out of those, the Pelicans have the most in the top 100. They have six players in the top 100. And JJ Zion. Yeah, they have Derek Drew. Favors, oh. JJ Redick, Lonzo Ball, Brandon oh my Ingram. God. Brandon Ingram and Drew Holiday. Yeah, I mean, none of those players are really any are really that good. I mean, they're quality players yeah. aside from Ball, but you know, <laughs> so mean. Well, it's just you know. You know what? I feel bad for Lonzo. Did you see that video of his dad totally berating him? It's sad. It is. Well, you should watch it. And this is probably most people that are listening have seen it, so I'll just talk about it. But. Um, I think that if that's what his dad is really like just all the time, mm-hmm. I don't see how Lonzo has any confidence in himself yeah. at all. And I can I can imagine that that affects a player on the court. Like if you don't have confidence, you might have all the talent or athleticism, but you just can't do those things that other players that have confidence yeah. do. Well, his dad made everything about him. Yeah. And not about his kids. Well, it was always about him in the limelight. And, yeah. and you know, so. He said that um, basically he said um, that I made you what you are. If it wasn't for me, you would just be another junk what a, player. What a loser. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you know, basically, you know, we're just talking about how Lonzo was trash and wasn't playing well. And and I made you and I started this for a reason. It was all for the three of you. And. If it won for me, you know, you'd be nothing. And and I don't know where this video came from. Well, because of him, they are nothing. Yeah. Like, his kids got taken out of school. Well, now they're saying LaMelo Ball is like a top, a number one player yeah, or something. because he's playing is, well in the Australian League. Yeah, which I mean, I you know, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, so Lonzo, like, 
now I kind of feel bad for him because I feel like, God, what a crappy situation this guy is in. And until until he stands up to his dad and tells him to kick it to the curb, he's just he's always going to have that yeah. hanging over his head. And that may never happen. Yeah. So, so um, Lonzo, uh, and then I was surprised Derek Favors is in the top 100 because we wily vet. Yeah, he, we've we've never been high on Derek no. Favors, even though the rest of the league is well. Favors was for about ten years, <laughs> a rising, years. a rising for up about, and coming star, yeah. and then all of a sudden, one season were like, oh, he was a wily vet. <laughs> yeah, because he I was never like, became yes, a star. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I hear he's a great locker room guy. You know, never gives you trouble in terms of culture and you know throw, having an attitude. I think that's valuable, but just, I don't know. I, I don't really think he's a difference maker at all. But yeah, so the Pelicans have the most in the top 100. They have six. The Pelicans and the Spurs are tied for the most in the top 50 so far with two each. So the Pelicans, again, in the top 50, they have Zion Williamson and Drew Holiday. The Spurs in the top 50 have DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't understand how you can... I mean, I guess this is a prediction, but how do you predict Zion Williamson, Williamson will be top 50 well, player in the league? That's like, why SI, they didn't have any rookies because it's like, how, you, can't you can't say right yeah. now he's at one of the top NBA players. He's not even an NBA play. He hasn't played an NBA game. And so I really respected that, that he did that, Rob Mahoney. But um, yeah, apparently ESPN didn't feel the same way because Zion Williamson is number 42 um, John Morant, also from this rookie class, he's number 93. From the from Luca and Trey's rookie class, so that was 2018, there's three players in the top 100 so far, at least. So you have um, Luca and Trey are not listed yet, but you have listed already number 54, Jaron Jackson Jr., number 69, Marvin Backley III, and number 66, DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think... Again, with players that young, they're making predictions. So I think a lot of people are expecting Bagley to kind of take another step forward after, I guess he'll be starting now. He was coming off the bench a lot. Um, Same thing with Jaron Jackson. They have a young core. So it's like, I think people are expecting a leap. So it's, I don't know. It's hard to say like, no, that's not going to happen. But that's where you you have to be expecting a leap. And and I think in this, in this list, they were 100% counting on a leap. And the reason yeah. I say that is because my favorite son, number 35, <laughs> Jason, Jason Tatum. Tatum. Yeah. Yeah. The great. Yeah. I, I just want to read the paragraph okay. for Jason Tatum. The Celtics need more from Tatum, who had an electric rookie season, well, averaging 15 points a game. <laughs> Maybe but that was his, electric. His playoff run. Averaging 18 points a game. Yeah. For a rookie. Culminating. Okay. With a dunk over his childhood idol, LeBron James, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Tatum did not build on that success, appearing at times curiously passive in 2018-19 and exhibiting occasional defensive indifference. I, I, I don't... <laughs> Know okay. what else I can say about so this? So I was listening to um, the Hoop Collective podcast. It's with it's Brian Windhorst podcast, and he had on um, a bunch of Eastern Conference NBA insiders to do like an Eastern Conference preview, and they talked about the Celtics. And they he brought out a good point about Kimba Walker and Jason Tatum. So um, 
kind of like what we've been saying, you know, Celtics fans, they're so excited to get rid of Kyrie Irving when it's like, I don't know, guys. I mean, you realize how good Kyrie is. I mean, I, I get it. The He's drama potential top 10 player. In yeah. The I mean, and I know he was toxic. I get that you want him out, but you should at least recognize what you're losing. I mean, mm -hmm. he's a great player. He's won a championship. He won a championship for his team with that shot. So they were like, I don't understand why Celtics fans are just like, you know, get rid of Kyrie. And now they bring in Kemba. And what they were saying is that, yes, Kemba is electrifying and he's a great locker room presence. He's amazing. Sometimes in the MVP debate or the MVP running. But ultimately, uh, Windhorse was making the point that his height does get in the way of him being that player, being able to deliver when they need him the most. And so, like, the Celtics might be relying on him to, you know, bring home a lot of, win a lot of games for them or um, in the playoffs, make those shots in those big moments. And they were like, I just don't think he can do that. I mean, as good as he is, he just can't always deliver in those moments. And so because of that, Windhorse was saying that Tatum will have to be their best player. And I was like, ooh, then that's they're not good. Suck. <laughs> I mean, I don't, they're not going to suck. They're, but I don't know if that bodes well for them thinking that, yeah. first of all, not only not just like Tatum in his current state, but they're assuming that Tatum will be their best player and that he's going to be better than he's been. Yeah, I think what Windhorse is saying is if the Celtics are going to be good, Kemba's going to have to continue to be Kemba. Yeah. But Tatum's going to have to be better than that. And that Carry means the team. Tatum will have to take a huge step forward. Yeah. The, the biggest problem I have with Tatum is that he plays old school. Yeah. He's a mid-range guy. And it's like, how many players have fallen out of the league because of that mid-range game? You know, he he's Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. And, and people... Well, seem to just want to ignore that fact and yeah. they're like well he's a potential so he can't be a potential star the most if he's a mid-range guy the most he's ever gonna do 18 19 maybe 20 points Kinda like game. demar Derozan, exactly and Rudy gay and yeah yeah but those guys like you know they're not yeah <laughs> I, I, i'm sorry i just he had one good playoff series and everybody anointed him as the next kobe bryant and it's like He's got to do more than just one yeah. playoff series. Well, so his, for his career, he's a 40% three-point shooter. Now, he doesn't shoot a lot of them. That's the problem. Yeah. he Last year, he took less than four a game. His rookie year, he took three a game. And that was one thing um, Jackie McMullen talked you know, on that point about Tatum being the best player. She was like, if he's going to be that and deliver, he has to play smarter. She was like, he can't be doing these step back twos and turn around fadeaways and long he was trying to be kobe yeah she was like it's just not it that's those aren't smart shots um they're not good shots and so he has to really change you know it's not just being better at what he's already done he has to change a lot of what he's done because yeah. he hasn't been he, he's got to shoot shots. around seven eight threes a game well, That's got to be his if game. If he's hitting them at a high percentage. Well, 40% is high. Even yeah. if he's at 33%, that's better than 50% from two. True, So yeah. you got to just be shooting threes and, and his reluctance. And I, I think it's because he did train with Kobe. There's only one Kobe Bryant. Okay, yeah. so... Well, and Kobe didn't play in today's no. league. No, and, and, and Kobe, though, could hit those ridiculous turnaround fadeaway jumpers. Because he'd practiced them for, for 15 years. For 20 years. years. Yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> yeah. 
Anyways, I, I, like, I know there's a lot of Boston people out there that well, listen know, to our podcast. We always get to talking about Jason Tatum, and I, and I think it's because people take him over Luca, and so and it's, it's ridiculous. It's like yeah. a, I don't know why. I'm I sorry, have this, Tatum. Yeah, I, I get stuck on Tatum, and I really should let it go and just let him be. But I always like note. I was like, him, "Where's Tatum ring?" It's just because the media. Yeah, the media has anointed Tatum as this guy. And his numbers and stats just don't support where they rank him. Yeah. Likewise with Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Um, okay, so through the rest of the Southwest Division, obviously these rankings aren't final yet. We have 100 through 31. But so far the Rockets have three total players, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, and Clint Capella. I forgot that the Rockets also got Tyson Chandler. Is that going to hurt the nah, first time I mean, you see him? He didn't even play really much. Even the, when he got traded Lakers. to the Lakers, yeah. he didn't even play with much. The he's, Suns, just, he didn't, yeah. he's just old. I think he's there as an insurance policy well, if Capella help, goes out. Yeah, and also to help Capella. Yeah, and just be a veteran and, leadership. Yeah. Um, the Spurs have four total players so far Derek White, DeJounte Murray. I always want to pronounce that Deontay Murray. I don't know. Everyone says Deontay Murray. DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. That's another guy. I I never understood why we we rank Murray for the Spurs as this talent. Well, because the Spurs are excited about him. I guess that's all it takes. (laughs) You know, I just, I never understood. Well, he's never even played. He got injured last year. So it's like, why, why are we expecting him to be this great player? Well, somebody said it was during the draft a few years ago. Anytime the Spurs do something, everyone always perks up their ears. Yeah. Because why the are they looking at that yeah, guy? Yeah, why did they draft that guy? Why do they want to trade that guy? Why, did, why are did, they offering me? What did you me? miss? Yeah. <laughs> why are you off? Why do you want you know to get this player that I have that I why don't can't even... you outthink them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Again, it's a prediction. We'll have to see. So they have four total. Two players in the top 50. The Pelicans, like we said already, they have six total players. Um, I mean, let me ask you something. Okay, ask me something. Tim Tim Hardaway Jr. Okay. I I feel like he... You think he should be in the top 100? Top 100. You know what? I mean, now that you mention that, when you got guys like Derek White, um, PJ uh, Tucker... Another guy, the the number one player in the league... In uh, efficiency, Dwight Capowell. I'm not saying Dwight's good, but you know, with some of these other guys they have yeah. on this list. I mean, well, number one, Lonzo Ball. Yeah, Derek I, Favors. Uh, now that you mentioned it, I am yeah. kind of surprised Tim Hardaway Jr. is not on the list. No, it's just maybe he's Mitchell in the top Robinson 30. is on yeah. here. I feel like Dwight Powell is gonna is should be projected to have a better he's gonna be the yeah. full-time starter and as a starter he averages basically a double double he's gonna be playing with the rookie of the year and yeah, the and unicorn so it, i you know yeah i mean now that Hardaway, it, i am kind of surprised now i i mean i don't think they'll be in the top 30 obviously but yeah another guy that sucks that's on the list justice winslow i'm just throwing that out there a lot of people are high on him. Yeah, for 20 years. <laughs> he he's been a rookie now for 5 years. Anyways, um going back to the Pelicans, so like I said they have 6. Drew Holiday, um in an interview with David Griffin on the uh, on the Watch Pod, he said that Drew is their number one guy. He's the star of the team. Um so it's not Sucks Zion. <laughs> it's not Zion or Alonzo. Now, they might be doing that to take the pressure off Lonzo and Zion. <laughs> Better but not be Lonzo. Do you think Drew Holiday can be the number one guy? Well, he was before in Philadelphia, and yeah. they weren't very good. 
Drew yeah. Holiday is a, a good player. He's a nice I, player. I would love to have Drew Holiday. I think he is a perfect fit next to Luca at, at guard. But he can't be your workhorse. He can't yeah. carry the team. And that's not a shot at him. I think he he is potentially an all-star every year. If he were in the Eastern Conference, He'd be an he would have been an all-star. Kyle Lowry was a lot Yeah, all-star. multiple times. Yeah. So he's a really good player, but I don't think he can carry a team. As as a, a lot of NBA folks say, he's a nice player. You know, he's a yeah. nice player. He's I, I'd love to have him, yeah. and I would even but overpay he's just, for him. But he's just not that guy. You know? Right. And if you have that guy, then... You're happy then, to have yeah, him. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. It's a perfect... So here's the question. A lot of people are thinking... Well, some people are thinking that maybe he's, he'll ask for a trade if he wants to be in on a, on a win-now team. I think he's already... I mean, he even He's probably said, past that, but just hypothetically, say he got tired of it or whatever, something that changed. No, no, no. I, I think he wants out. Oh, okay. Yeah. He even said when uh, when Anthony Davis left, they asked Drew Holiday about it, whatever. He said mm-hmm. the reason he signed here is because Anthony Davis oh, was here. So now they may have convinced him to yeah, by give it a chance. It's your but, team. Or, yeah. Or they just are propping up his trade value because yeah, you can't maybe. go into the season they want to trade him because yeah. then you're going to get crap offers so which it sounds like you would want to take him oh i would take him in yeah. a heartbeat yeah. yeah i think the same thing like you said he's a good fit with luca the only problem is i don't know if the mavs have assets they don't and yeah. that's what the pelicans are in a rebuild mode that's why they're, they're going to trade him yeah they're, they can talk all they want about how they want to keep him they're going to trade him at the trade deadline because they're in rebuild mode. Yeah. He serves no purpose there except help them win more games. And as as much as they say they want to win games next year, they don't. <laughs> I mean, come on. The, the Pelicans, yeah. I, I know everybody in the media is talking about how good. They, they're going to suck. <laughs> I mean, they are. They're just not very good. They have yeah. a lot of okay players. Yeah. But, you know, they have the the Lakers of last year. And the Lakers of last year without LeBron sucked. Well, they have... Um, they're the Lakers without, they're a mix of the Lakers without LeBron and the Pelicans without AD. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I, I don't think they're going to be very good. I think the reason they're, they're saying this is, to, you know, they don't want teams to know that they're just going to drop yeah. him. So, oh, he's going to be our number one guy, this and that. But as the season progresses and they suck, then I think they're going to open up trade. Now, if the Mavericks could get him, it would probably, Tim Hardaway would have to be part of that. Cause I think his contract is expiring next year. Oh, look. Yeah. And if it is, then that's a, a nice trade piece. But, but I mean, I would assume that they would want young players. Yeah, I don't think the picks. Mavericks have any chance at at, yeah. at getting Which him. sucks because I'm with you. Like, I would like to have Drew Holiday. I feel like, the didn't the Mavs go after him or they've been trying to get him? I'm sure they have. Um, So his contract expires. Yeah. This is no, no, no. Sorry, next season he has a player option. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. well, he'll probably now if he's having a a great year this year, he'll opt out. Yeah, but if not, know, then yeah. Then yeah, if he doesn't, then he's going to do a Wes Matthews and yeah. opt in. His player option is nineteen million. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. You got Porzingis out of it. Yeah. And, well, and he's and like, still a serviceable player. Yeah. Like we, we've said, I think Hardaway is a good player. I'm, I'm not. I'm not stupid. I'm not saying he's going to average nineteen points and all that like he did for the Knicks, but I think he can average fifteen points, and I think he should be starting. Oh yeah, agree. So, um, the Grizzlies have two in the top one hundred so far: John ja Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. And that's yeah. the that's the rest I, of the Southwest division. Yeah, I mean, you, it's the same with Zion with Jaw. Like he hasn't you, you can't yet. really tell me that yeah. Jaw is is better than 
some of these other guys. Yeah. Um, so that's the Southwest Division. The Mavericks have the fewest, assuming Luka makes it, they would have two, which is the fewest out of all the Southwest Division teams. But again, I think some players should be in it, like Tim Hardaway yeah. and, and Dwight Powell could be in it over Mitchell Robinson, even Derek Favors, Jared yeah. Allen. Jared Allen lost his starting job yeah. to DeAndre Jordan, unless they plan on starting Allen over Jordan, which I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, some other notables, Julius Randle is at 92. I'm sure that made some Knicks fans mad. because That's a really it a is, bad I mean, number. Like He's a yeah. better player than that. I mean, even Gallinari at 91. I mean, Otto Porter got ranked higher than both of them. Yeah. And I'm surprised Randall's at 92. I mean, I, I think Porzingis is better than Randall. So, agreed, but, but he's I, not. N- at, at 92 no. is a little low. Yeah. Um, Kyle Kuzma's at 77. Uh, Eric Bledsoe at 67. This is a surprise. Well, not surprising, but it's notable because the Bucks essentially chose Bledsoe over Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. They they paid Bledsoe, which essentially set the market price for Malcolm Brogdon. That's another guy that should be on here. Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon. Well, Dude, average fifteen. He's, he's fifty-seven. Oh, okay. I was yeah. about to flip out. Yeah. Like, so Eric Bledsoe is sixty-seven. Malcolm Brogdon is fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. This would be interesting for the Bucks because I think they chose the wrong guy. Also, you know, Bledsoe hasn't really shown up in the playoffs. He's had some problems, and they lost Malcolm Brogdon, and they kept Bledsoe. So that's that's kind of interesting. The only thing is that, you know, there was rumors about Brogdon's feet. There's something wrong yeah, with him, and that's yeah. why he's going to have injury issues for throughout his career. And you're asking to pay them, pay Malcolm Brogdon $25 million. A lot of it guaranteed. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, you know, you have essentially the best player in the league in Giannis. Yeah. You don't need to pay somebody that you don't need to pay 25 million. Yeah. Um, couple of others. Uh, Kevin Love is at 43. He's expected to be traded. I think everyone yeah. is just, I, they should have traded, traded him last year. I don't yeah. know what they're doing. I mean, they've been trying to trade him ever since they got him. Well, they want, <laughs> I don't know what they want. You're not going to get much for him. I mean, you might get, a mid first round pick or some expiring contracts like, you know, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr. Well, I'd, I'd Do rather. Do you think yeah. Kevin Love is a good fit on this team? Well, defensively, no, but <laughs> offensively, yeah. if you're rolling out They'd there with Kevin Love and Porzingis on your pick and roll, and pick Luka. and pop, and Luca, like, the, the score, they would score 150 points yeah. a game. Now, Kevin Love is not the player he used to be because of, you know, injuries and age and all of that. But he can still shoot it from. Yeah, well above 40% from three. Yeah, he wouldn't be, he would be their third best player, which I think, you know, that's what he was for the, um, the Cavs when they won the championship. Now, the Mavs are not as good as that Cavs team, but the point is he, they wouldn't be relying, relying on him. So, I mean, I would be interested, but at the same time, I trust the Mavs, um, thinking on that, whether they go for him or not. Yeah, I'm really surprised also Jalen Brown is ahead of Zach Levine. And Lou yeah. Williams and the Buddy Heald. The thing with Zach Levine, though, is that the Bulls sucked. So yeah, you, ne- but, you don't really know, is Zach Levine really a 20-a-game night? Yeah, but Jalen Brown is guy? was a 10 points a night yeah, on a true. good team and on a bad team. Yeah, so true. it's 
Yeah, I so I also wrote down Zach Levine at fifty five because I I kind of like him. I want and I'm intrigued. I like, mean, give the guy some respect. It's not yeah. easy to average twenty points a game, and it, yeah, the the part of winning is you got to have a good team. Could Jalen Brown average twenty five a game on the Bulls? No, because he sucks. <laughs> so <laughs> so like, I just I understand is, like the skepticism because. When you have a bad team, somebody has to score. Somebody is going to have the ball the majority of the time. So, you know, yeah, he took 18 shots a game last year. So it's like, you know, someone's going to average 17 points a game. So I I get the skepticism and I agree with that because I trash guys all the time for the same reason, but I'm intrigued. I want to see what he does this year. Um, and he was still efficient. I mean, he shot almost 47%. No, Zach Levine's a, 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 a nice player. <laughs> He's a nice um, player. And if they had Markinen, if Markinen takes another step forward and he's healthy mm-hmm. the whole season, the Bulls are really young and yeah. they're really good. But Jalen Brown's been in the league now for like five years. Yeah. So what what are you what kind of jump are you expecting him to make? Even at his best, he was like a fourteen points a night guy. Yeah. It's not like he's going to go out there and drop twenty points a game now that that uh yeah. Kyrie's gone he yeah. didn't do that before Kyrie got there well the Celtic you know what I don't even want to talk about the Celtics anymore I, I, you know back- what I hate the Celtics and I don't <laughs> even know why I just going hate them. back to Zach Levine so another reason why he's intriguing to me is that he tore his ACL and he, yeah when he yeah. was young and I think he was 21 Porzingis was 22 so there's a lot of similarities there before Levine tore his ACL that season uh, he was averaging 19 points a game. I think that's a season. And then the season he came back, he averaged a little less than 17. But this past season, he averaged almost 24 points mm-hmm. a game. So now, again, like whatever you think about, you know, well, it's just, that's just because he's on a bad team. Who knows? But the point is, he's still a great player. He's still getting better despite having that injury. So it's promising for Porzingis. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I'll we'll see. I hope, yeah, Porzingis took the two years off. So I'm hoping that he avoids that first year slump when he comes back. And there was that article, I'm sure everybody saw it, about the the doctor who said when you have a torn ACL, you really should have two years off before you start playing Mm -hmm. again. Interesting. And uh, that's what Porzingis did. So I'm hoping because he did that, and if you look at, historically players that tore their ACL their second season back is really when they were the better season. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Back and to normal. I'm hoping that that's what's going to happen with Porzingis. Yeah. Well, see, I'm actually kind of the opposite. I think because he took so much time off this year is really not going to be that great at all. Cause there's going to, he's going to be so rusty. Now I think it bodes well for him long term, but just this season, I think he's going to be so not out of shape, but just, you know, he hasn't played basketball in so long. Yeah, I think that'll go away in preseason. I mean, it, it's it, once you play yeah. and you remember how to play, like, it's not like he forgot how to play basketball. Well, no, it's not that. I mean, his physical fitness. Yeah, well, that was part of the two years yeah, was true. getting himself in a position to where when he comes back, he's a grown man and he doesn't get tired after 15 minutes of gameplay. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the, the pictures. Beefcake. Wow. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Um, he does look much more muscular. I mean, I think that's obvious. It goes without saying. By the way, we're talking about pictures that he posted on Porzingis. Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can tell he's super beefed up. I don't, the only thing I care about is his legs. You know, the biceps and the pecs look great. Congratulations. But 
Has he been, did he skip leg day? That's the <laughs> only thing I care about. I, I think with the amount of trainers that he has watching his workouts, that yeah. they're doing plenty of legs. I think really what he's working on is is strengthening his overall core, his yeah. overall body. So every inch of him is is ripped. And when you look at the picture, at least you can see in his arms and his pecs, he looks like Giannis. Yeah. Now let's hope his legs are stronger. As yeah. well, which again, with that many train that ma- that many people I in the training staff, I can't imagine that. Yeah, they said that he put on about sixteen or seventeen pounds of muscle, basically. So yeah, I mean, he, I'm sure he worked on his legs. So okay, speaking of Porzingis, speaking of ranking people, now that we have, we're getting closer to this season. Things are pretty much done in terms of movement. Um, there's some dynamic duos. For a while, it was the big three. But now it's more about the dynamic duo. You have LeBron and Anthony Davis, Kawhi and Paul George, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, Westbrook and Harden, uh, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. So if you were to stack those duos up against Luca and Porzingis, finish this sentence. Luca and Porzingis are a better duo than which ones? I think they're better than, and uh, people are going to kill me on this one. <laughs> well, you're not on Twitter anyways. Well, they're going to kill you for, for me. Um, if you need to follow me, I'm on Tinder. <laughs> Just kidding. Not on Tinder. I'm going to create you on t- on Tinder one day. <laughs> don't, please. I'll get no uh, swipe. I don't know how to use Tinder, but. Right? I don't know. Anyways, the point is, no, I think uh, they are going to be better than Lillard and McCollum. Okay. I think they're going to be better, obviously, Kyrie and Kevin Durant because well, Durant's out. But I mean like long term. So let me give long you long term yeah, overall. Let me give you the three things to consider. Talent level, fit, and term. So let's say over oh, the next five years. I think they will probably be the second best duo over the next five years. Yeah. I think uh, really the only duo, and I, I still am not 100% sold on it, is Paul George and Kawhi just because of their age and how good they are right and now. Fit. I don't really like, I don't consider Harden and Westbrook a duo because well, they, they're MVPs. Westbrook's no longer going to be <laughs> part of a duo. It's going to be a single O. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you heard it here first. Okay. A single O. So I do think, like I said, if you take fit into consideration, the Westbrook and Harden one is tough i mean it's like someone said i don't remember who it was but it's gonna be amazing to watch either because <laughs> no, no no either because they make it work and it's unstoppable or because it's a, it's a circus and they crash and burn yeah. yeah it's gonna be amazing to watch and i think there's just right now there's too much uncertainty i don't think luca and kp i'm not gonna say they're better than them but it's i don't know i don't know what they're gonna well be. if we're i mean if we're anticipating luca to take a a giant step forward yeah and Porzingis to go back to the way he was. Which, yes, over the next five years, yeah, yes. Yeah. Then I can see that you're looking at LeBron and Anthony Davis, essentially, Basically, except yeah. better shooters. And younger. And that's and younger, the other thing. Yeah. You know, with LeBron being the age he is, I think it's hard to say over the next five years no, that's going to yeah. be a top and duo. If they are, then LeBron's a god. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, the guy's 36 I mean, years old. He's taking care of himself and he's aged very well. But the fact is. So do a lot of players. Yeah. 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 Um, So I I think, yeah, they would be only behind um, Paul George. And, uh, but again, you know, there's a good chance that Luca can be better than Paul George and and, uh, Kawhi. Because based on a chance. Yeah. So there's a chance Luca can be the best player in the league. 
So yeah. if that happens, then they Within would be the five years, yeah, yeah. They they would be the best duo. I think they have the best. Uh, yeah, I would say they have the best fit out of all these duos. Um, starting with uh, Lillard and McCollum, that's easy. They're both guards, and they make it work really well because they're both good guys. It's not the greatest, fit, and they're willing yeah. to concede. But yeah, it's not the best fit. Westbrook and Harden. They might make it work, and if they do, congratulations. But it's not the best fit. I'm not putting yeah. <laughs> any money on that one. Um, Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant, I think in terms of personalities, they're probably not a good fit. Even if maybe on the court they perhaps on the court each other. they work fine. Yeah, yeah but, but the, the, with them, you really do have to consider the personalities. Yes, because it's two of the most dramatic. Yeah, it, well, it's not even drama. It's just sensitivity difficult yes yeah. yeah um Kawhi and paul george they play the same position lebron yeah. and davis and no one talks about that <laughs> you know they just act as if it's all good you know yeah. one anyways so yeah i think because of that in terms of fit luca and kp yeah are the best um in terms of age they're also the youngest mm-hmm. out of all of these duos and so just naturally and they're all both under contract. Yeah, that's a that's a really good sign. Now, now we're predicting a lot in terms of how they're going to grow as players, but their age is the best out of all those other duos. Yeah. And then talent level, again, you know, that's that's tough to predict for them because they are so young. So that like their age is a two-edged sword, really. It's a good thing, but then it's also unpredictable. Yeah. But I think honestly, I mean, I don't I know that I'm a Mavs fan and so I'm biased, but to me Well, that's allowed. It's a Mavs yeah. podcast. When you put them up against the other dynamic duos, I I'm really excited about the next five years. I'm not saying next year they're gonna be better than this guy or that guy, but yeah. over the next five years, I think it could be really like special. Like I said, I, I think Luca has a chance of being the best player in the league. Yeah. And uh I mean, the dude was was nineteen, twenty years old last year and was should have you know, put up better numbers than a lot of veterans, people that were in the All Star game. Yeah. Um over should him have been that, in yeah, the All Star game. He he should have been an all star. So he has a chance to be the best player in the league. And if that happens and and Porzingis is just exactly what he was in New York. Or except healthy. Gets better as he ages. Yeah, I mean, even if he's the exact same, yeah. you're talking about an all star and an MVP candidate. That's yeah. gotta be the best. You know, another duo we should probably add to that, Steph and Clay. Yeah, Over the I next just, five years, yeah, they right. will probably still be number one. Yeah. I forgot. I didn't list them because of the injury, yeah. but over the next five years, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, Steph and yeah. Clay, they they were number one before the injury. Yeah. Before even the shakeup. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. Tell us what you guys think, first of all, about ESPN's top 100 list, and second, about how Luca and KP stack up as a duo um, send us a message on Twitter. We're also going to post this episode on YouTube and you can leave your comment there. Just search Dallas Hoops Fancast to find that episode. And um, lastly, I just want to finish by saying thank you so much for listening. Like I said, this is our last episode before training camp. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, so we're officially starting season three. Two weeks until the first preseason yeah. game. So we're starting season three of the show next Tuesday. Um, we got through the off. This was our first off season, and, and it was tough. I'll be honest. Yeah, it was. Uh, there were some weeks where we're like there ain't the nothing we, going well, on. Well, and this week we weren't gonna do one, but it's like I said in our last episode. It's like it just so happens that the day before or yeah. the day of something happens, yeah. and so 
we have something to talk about. But um, but that's just us. I mean, you guys are the ones that have been listening and supporting the show, um, sending us messages on Twitter. We really appreciate it. It's that. really funny because you have no idea. We're just a random couple <laughs> in our apartment sitting at our dinner table um, we doing have a podcast. A professional no, studio. No, we don't. And we got people listening <laughs> to our podcast. So thank you. But you have no idea how weird well, it is. It's like the reason we started it was because we're not the, you know, media guys or, you know, we don't have those connections to the team. And so we can just be emotional and biased anyways. Okay, finally in this. <clears throat> but thank you so much bye. Guys, for listening. <laughs> See, now the time that you say bye is whenever I'm not done talking. <laughs> That's why I said it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. You want to say bye? Okay. Bye.